This is Optimal Living Daily, episode 2529, Why You Lost Your Childlike Creativity and How to Rediscover It, part two, by Michael Blankenship of GetYourGustoBack.com. And I'm Justin Mollick, the guy that reads to you every single day of the year. Today's episode is part two of a longer post. If you didn't catch part one yesterday, I'd recommend listening to that first. But if you're all caught up, then let's get right to part two and continue optimizing your life. Why You Lost Your Childlike Creativity and How to Rediscover It, Part 2, by Michael Blankenship of GetYourGustoBack.com. The Difference Between Self-Reflection and Self-Judgment. Ugh, is this even going to get published? Sitting at my desk as tall as I can muster, my fingers flitted from key to key in an attempt to tell a story I'd spent the last six months outlining, but the thoughts wouldn't stop. Who is actually going to read this? What do I expect is gonna come of all this hard work? Unfortunately, there was no all-knowing God whispering back, it'll be all right, Mike. You're gonna crush it. You're awesome. Nope, crickets. And of course, my own judgmental response, no one is gonna read this. This will never get published. Nothing is gonna come from all this hard work. I quit writing after just a few weeks. And I still haven't picked that book back up. That is the result of judging your progress while you create something. It's not helpful. Those thoughts create nothing but feelings of inadequacy and frustration. And those are exactly the kinds of thoughts I'm talking about when I say self-judgment. But there's an important distinction here, namely that self-reflection is different from self-judgment. After all, you must be allowed to think something while you're creating. You can't possibly just disengage all thoughts and mindlessly charge forward. That's where self-reflection comes in. You see, there's a big difference between asking yourself, will this book ever get published? Judgment. And how can I make this book worthy of being published? Reflection. The first takes away your control and allows for only one negative response, while the second empowers you to make real progress. It's the difference between adult-like judgment and childlike curiosity. One disempowers while the other encourages action. Consider the difference between these thoughts. Will this business ever succeed? Versus, what can I do to make this business succeed? Will I ever be a great author? versus what action can I take to become a great author? Will my dreams ever come true? Versus how can I work toward my dreams every day? Big difference, eh? Of course, ignoring your judgmental impulses and engaging your childlike creativity is easier said than done. So let me show you some practical strategies. Practical tips for calming negative self-talk and engaging childlike creativity. A few months ago, I typed the last word for the first draft of a book I titled Get your gusto back, how to reignite your inner fire and create a life that excites you. It's the first book I've completed. I've started probably 30 different books over the last decade. And there's only one reason that I actually finished this first draft but never finished the others. You see, I made a rule for myself before I started. I would not engage a single negative thought while working on the book. When a negative thought would rear its ugly head, I would simply say, no thank you, I'm busy right now, and continue with the creative process. It wasn't always easy, but I was stubborn. And after enough refusals to engage with negative self-talk, a few remarkable things took place. First, fewer negative thoughts tried to disrupt my time working on my book. The less that I entertained them, the more bored they became with trying to interrupt me. And second, my childlike creativity took over. Without constant judgmental thoughts killing my groove, my intuitive curiosity and excitement for creating was finally allowed to run free. 
When you give your creative flow time to manifest without engaging negative and judgmental thoughts, you'll create incredible things beyond your imagination. In the words of Thomas Edison, quote, if we did all the things we are capable of, we will literally astound ourselves, end quote. Here are some more practical tips for quieting your negative thoughts so you have the mental space necessary to astound yourself. Number one, make a no negative thoughts rule. This is what helped me finish the first draft of my book. And it's my first recommendation for removing negative thoughts from the creative process. Simply refuse to engage with disempowering self-talk while you're creating. Say, no, thank you, I'm busy right now, and keep moving forward. The more you do this, the easier it'll get. Number two, meditate 10 minutes per day. Meditating 10 minutes every day, I prefer in the morning, is a great way to remind yourself that you are not your thoughts, that you don't have to engage with thoughts which make you feel less than. The goal isn't to not think, it's simply to notice your thoughts and to become aware that you have more control over your mind than you probably assumed. If you're new to meditation, try Headspace. Number three, change the questions you ask yourself. If you find yourself getting caught in a negative thought cycle, oh, is anything ever going to come of all this hard work? Try asking better questions. Ask yourself more empowering questions. What can I do to make this project a success? How can I enjoy my creative process? What would make this thing I'm creating absolutely exceptional? Those questions will re-engage your childlike creativity and keep you progressing forward. Now is the time for creation. Want to write that book? Want to build that business? Want to learn that skill, meet that person, or make more money? Don't think too much about it. Do like a little kid would do, just get started. And if you're still not convinced, check out this stream of tweets that J.K. Rowling posted a few years ago, which make a compelling case for engaging your creative process without judgment. Quote, even if it isn't the piece of work that finds an audience, it will teach you things you could have learned no other way. And by the way, just because it didn't find an audience, that doesn't mean it's bad work. The discipline involved in finishing a piece of creative work is something on which you can truly pride yourself. You'll have turned yourself from somebody who's thinking of who might, who's trying, to someone who did. And once you've done it, you'll know you can do it again. That is an extraordinarily empowering piece of knowledge. So do not ever quit out of fear of rejection. Maybe your third, fourth, 50th song or novel or painting will be the one that makes it, that wins the plaudits. But you never have got there without finishing the others, all of which will now be of more interest to your audience, end quote. You can never get where you want to go if you never take the first step. Let go of your judgment. Engage your creative process, whatever that looks like, and get started today. Set time aside to dream, plan, and create without judging what you're creating. Soon, you're going to blow us all away. You just listened to part two of the post titled Why You Lost Your Childlike Creativity and How to Rediscover It by Michael Blankenship of GetYourGustoBack.com. One of the best things you can do for your kids is to teach them how to manage money. And this should be started when they're little. And that's why I'm so excited to tell you about the sponsor of today's episode, GoHenry by Acorns, the smart debit card and learning app for kids six to 18. GoHenry helps kids learn about all things money, earning, spending, saving, budgeting, and so much more. You can even track their chores and pay their allowance right in the GoHenry app. And with their GoHenry debit card, they can put their skills to use in the real world. Plus, parents can set spend limits and get real-time notifications whenever their kids use their cards. I seriously wish I had this as a kid. 
I had to learn about money the hard way as an adult. If my parents had set me up with GoHenry as a kid, learning to adult would have been so much easier. Set your kids up for success and get started today at gohenry.com old. Terms and conditions apply. Renews from $4.99 per month unless canceled. Thank you again to Michael. So true, it often helps to take almost a childlike approach to life in certain situations, one in which we're not afraid to fall in order to make progress. The analogy of a kid learning to walk is one that comes up pretty often. You don't see a kid try to stand or take that first step and then fall and then give up. They keep going and going and going until they're walking with ease. But when we get older, it seems more and more difficult for us to do this. Walking is super complicated when you think about it, all that balance required. Even standing is complicated, yet it seems so easy to us now. And that could be the same for us in so many different areas of life if we would just take a childlike approach from the beginning. So something to think about this weekend. Thank you for being here. That'll do it for now, but I'll catch you in just a moment with our weekly bonus episode. So I'll see you there where your optimal life awaits.